welcome, language learners. We are today here in Tokyo, and we are starting a series of conversations about language learning. My name is Ivan, and my whole life I've been interested in language learning and the process of acquiring language. So today we have a very special guest, my wife, Chloe. With her, we will be talking about how she is learning Spanish and Japanese. She will be sharing her strategies. We will dive into the importance of uh, conversation and the joys that learning a language brings to you. So if you enjoy learning languages, please come join us and I hope you can enjoy this conversation. Welcome to our conversation. Today, we will be talking about language learning. And I have a very special guest, my wife, Chloe. Hi, Chloe. How are you doing? Hi, Ivan. I'm great. How are you? Great. Thank you for being here. Today, we wanted to talk about uh, your experience uh, about language learning. So could you introduce yourself and uh, uh, tell us about your journey with languages? I will go back to my first language that I learned out of high school was Spanish. And so when I first started taking Spanish, it probably would have been ninth or 10th grade, I forget. And I took Spanish one and Spanish two. So I took two years of Spanish. I had a very great teacher, Miss Zeger, if you're out there. Thank you. She was very passionate about Spanish and it made the language enjoyable. But honestly, I was taking it because it was a requirement. You know, I always scored very well on the test, but I didn't practice speaking a lot. So I don't think I got out of it what I could have. If I could go back in time, I would have continued with Spanish and taken it in college, but I didn't. So I didn't pick Spanish back up again until I met, well, it's a little bit of a lie. I did go on study abroad trips to Costa Rica and Peru. So I, I reviewed a little bit during that time. Mm. I didn't use it too much, honestly, until I met you. And then, you know, obviously your family speaks entirely Spanish. So I started reviewing my Spanish for that purpose. And because you wanted to understand me, right? <laughs> I don't know that I understand you regardless of the language. I think I used Duolingo and I, I, I was very good at buying books and buying materials for Spanish but not so good about using them. I did use Pimsleur Spanish and I went through all of the levels of Pimsleur Spanish the first few years that we met. And I think I, I progressed. I progressed. I was able to, I'm, I'm able to communicate with your family when I, when I went to Colombia, but I never became fluent. I'm still working on that. In college, I did learn a little bit of Chinese. So I did a, a summer abroad in China. It was two and a half months and I did enjoy it quite a bit, but Chinese is, it's, it's difficult to learn all those, all those kanji. It's difficult to learn the pronunciation. It's difficult to get used to saying the tones. And when I came back from that study abroad, I started med school and I didn't have time to keep it up. That was my first experience with a language that didn't use a Roman alphabet. So I, it kind of planted a, a seed in my head. I'd always been interested in learning a language that didn't have, didn't use the Roman alphabet. And I think I just had this barrier in my head of that's too difficult. I, I'm not going to be able to master that. And so then when we went to Japan for our first trip there together, I had been there briefly. I'd been to Japan briefly in 2008. 
But our first trip to Japan together in 2019, you were studying Japanese at the time because you had a long, long-standing history of interest in, in the Japanese language. And I kind of said, you know, Ivan's good at languages. I'm not. I can't believe he's studying Japanese. That's awesome. Oh, well. And then, you know, you're in Tokyo and you're spending a lot of time running the subway. You know, you just look up and there's hiragana. And so you can, you know, they flash the name of the, the stations in, you know, Roman letters, the Roman alphabet, the spelling. And then they flash the kanji and then they flash the hiragana. So you can kind of learn, start to learn the hiragana just that way because you're seeing it. So I started to learn the hiragana. I thought it was interesting. And then while I was there, I started to do some Duolingo Japanese. And I liked it. I continued doing that after we came back from Japan. And we started going to a Jap Japanese language meetup in our city. And um, I definitely was not at the level at the most people at the meetup, but it was interesting. And I, I kept doing the Duolingo. And then, of course, that meetup that was early 2020, that meetup got canceled because of COVID. And that entered a period of our lives where, you know, it was you, you were working at home a lot. I was still going to work, but I was going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home. And there wasn't too much to do outside of, you know, those two activities. So it was all home-based activities. And so... I started, um, or I continued to just learn Japanese on my own, pretty much exclusively Duolingo. I used a few other resources, but mostly Duolingo. And we can get into that in another conversation about, you know, the debate over whether Duolingo is helpful or not. But that's how I started with Japanese. And by the time we came to Japan in, um, I arrived in Japan May 1st of 2022, I had completed everything that Duolingo offered. And when I came to Japan, I had pretty good familiarity with the Japanese language and I still enjoyed it a lot, but I couldn't speak at all because that is one thing when you're doing all input, you know, reading the language, it's helpful for familiarity, but I couldn't put a sentence together on my own. So that was a little bit difficult. And then here in Japan, I've taken lessons three times a week with a school called IWC, which has been enormously helpful. I've gone to conversation groups, and honestly, I would not have gone to those conversation groups if my brave husband, Ivan, hadn't drugged me there because, you know, when you first go, if you don't, if, you're, if your level of language isn't up to where it seems like everyone else is, you just feel really lost and dumb and you can't understand anything and you kind of feel like you're wasting people's time. But I kept going and I got better. And now I can... Um, I can have a conversation about most things. It might not be, well, I won't say most things. I can't have a, I can't have a conversation about like nuclear physics or, you know, but um, most things I need to get done or that I'm interested in, I can express myself in Japanese. It might be very simplistic and I might use the wrong words, but I can get the point across and I can go do things and I don't have that level of anxiety about having a conversation anymore. So I would put myself right at the beginning of intermediate in Japanese now. Well, you, you touch on different points. One of those was, uh, you mentioned that you started learning Japanese just four years ago, four or five years ago, in Spanish when you, when you met me. You know? So how would you say is learning a language when you're an adult? The great thing about learning a language as an adult, assuming you're not 
being made to learn it because you know, you're, this is your only choice. You, you must learn it. I mean, there are situations like that, that for work or if you're a refugee or other situations, you have to learn a language that you don't really want to learn. But for a lot of cases, as an adult, you're learning a language because you want to. So the motivation is, is there in some form. There's a lot of stuff out there that says, oh, you know, once you're an adult, you can't learn a language. The best time to learn is as a kid, et cetera, et cetera. And yes, I, I, I think the best time to learn it probably is as a kid, but you're no longer a kid and you can still learn it. It's, it's certainly not impossible. It's just repetition. If you're a kid, you're kind of a captive audience. And so whatever the person who is taking care of you is talking, you kind of have to go along with that. That makes it easier right there as a kid. Whereas if you're an adult, unless, you know, there are, again, there's going to be some situations where you're a captive audience, but in most situations you can say, you know what, this is too hard. I'm just going to revert back to my, my native language. It's harder as an adult because you have to force yourself to put in the work. And I think, you know, no doubt your brain is less, you know, a little bit less pliable. The networks have been, been formed and made and, but it's certainly not impossible. You can learn new things mm -hmm. and you can, um, you just have to put in the work. Mm -hmm. So I think the truism that, oh, you know, it's an adult, you can't learn new languages. You're not too old. You know, I'm in my mid forties. And when I started learning Japanese, I was, I was also in my mid forties then, or a little bit, a little bit younger in my mid forties, but still in my forties and uh, you can, you can do it. Yeah. So I think learning a language takes time. I always uh, I'm blown away when people think that they can learn a language just by studying once a week, one hour, or even even three times a week for one hour. That's not enough. Right. If you want to learn a language, you have to practice every day, learn every day, uh, as you said, repetition, right. repetition, repetition. Yeah. And as an adult, you have to, to, to learn a language, you have to feel dumb and like you have no idea what's going on. And when you're a kid, you know, you, you don't know what's going on and that's kind of natural to, to not know, right? And as an adult, you're used to knowing. And so you have to get yourself in that frame of mind of you don't know, you don't care what people think about you. If you say, you know, if you, if you ask for something super awkwardly with bad diction because you don't really know the language and someone laughs at you, who cares? You know, you're, you're just learning. And, and I think there are cultures that when you try to speak their language, they're going to be very happy mm -hmm. and, and they, they help you out. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, you, you told us that you, you have not mastered uh, the languages, right? But you, you have a level that allows you to communicate and to basically conduct your daily life, right? And, and go out with friends and participate in activities. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, about how these uh, knowing languages without being perfect, right? Mm -hmm. But having enough knowledge uh, has opened the door for experiencing different cultures. So I'll talk specifically about Japanese because Japan, especially in Tokyo, it's very easy as a English speaking person to not learn Japanese. You can get around and get all of your needs met in Tokyo without learning Japanese. So it's, it can be tempting, I think, to do that. But I think learning Japanese has made my life a lot richer here. I've made friends that I wouldn't have made if I didn't speak Japanese. So most of my Japanese friends here speak some English, but if we were always speaking English, I think it would feel a little unbalanced. 
And also when you're trying to clarify something and, and just trying to understand each other, it's helpful to meet halfway rather than them always speaking English and, and me expecting them to understand everything. If, if I don't understand something they're saying, I can say what I think they're trying to say in Japanese. And I think we both feel better and we feel like we're, we're meeting each other halfway in the friendship rather than one of us just trying to teach the other a language. And then there'll be situations where, you know, I, I go to various classes. I go to an Ikebana Japanese flower arranging class. I go to some origami and some Tamari classes. Tamari is a Japanese, a traditional Japanese craft. And, you know, I've had situations where in the Ikebana class, there might be someone who speaks pretty good English. Like generally there's, there's a lot of people that have lived abroad, but maybe their friends don't. So I'll speak with someone who speaks English, but then their friend will come up who only speaks Japanese. And if I don't speak any Japanese, and I expect that person in the middle to kind of be the translator between the person who only speaks English and the only person who only speaks Japanese, that's a lot of pressure on that person. And you're probably not going to hang out too much. I can understand that now, like being in that situation, it's, it's a lot of work and it's tiring. And also you feel kind of like you're ostracizing one friend. If you're spending time talking to one in one language and one in another. So if you can be the one who makes the effort to speak Japanese, even if it's not perfect and also not expect to understand everything, you don't have to understand everything that goes on in a conversation. But if you make the effort, you're probably going to be invited out more. You're going to have more fun with them. You're just going to have a better experience. And I, I believe that when you understand a little bit how the other language works, then when, when uh, your friends are speaking your language and they may say something that is not grammatically correct, then you, you understand what they are trying to say because you understand the way they think. Right. Um, so I think that is also something that I always love about, about languages that, that uh, kind of enable really, it opens a, a gate to really understand how other people think. Mm -hmm. yeah, so. Now let's, let's uh, explore a little bit about the strategies that you are currently using uh, to learn Japanese, right? And, and I know you are also working on your Spanish. Sure. So I will say that I think what I do on a daily basis is not optimal for mastering the language, but I enjoy doing it. And so I keep doing it day after day after day. It's so not consistent. Which and is so, important. Exactly. So you have to find what you're going to do that's consistent. There's an app called Wanikani for Japanese that I really enjoy. It's a kanji learning app. And that has helped me learn. I, I know I would say roughly between 900 and 1,000 kanji at this point and enjoy doing it. I can't tell you how much time I spend on it because I, I, throughout the day, you know, I always have my phone with me. It's on my phone. And so there's a lot of time, especially in Tokyo, if you're on the train, et cetera, where you can't do too much else. You might be standing up. You can waste a lot of time just like scrolling on social media during that time. And so if you can use that time using an app like Wanikani, that's probably a better use of time. So I do Wanikani. Um, I no longer use Duolingo for Japanese. I, I completed it all and they added a few review things, but every once in a while I go back and do it. I generally don't do it anymore though. I do the classes with IWC that follow the Minano Nihongo 
book, Mirano no Nihongo is Japanese for everyone, kind of popular, popular textbook for Japanese here. And we're about to, let, to start the intermediate level. We finished the, the two books of the first level. And now we're doing a conversation level before we, we proceed to the next level. Probably the most helpful thing and the thing that I dreaded before is going to conversation. So I go to conversation group. It depends on the week. It depends how, how busy I am and what other stuff I have going on, what other classes I have going on. But I try to go to two a week. I don't always meet that, but I try to do two a week. Sometimes they're online, sometimes they're in person. When I don't do two a week, it's usually because I'm busy with doing other things like going to Ikebana class where I speak Japanese. So that kind of fills in that too. So I go to classes where they're primarily in Japanese, although I, most of the classes I can revert to English when needed. Um, and I hang out with our Japanese friends. And when we do that, generally, you know, we spend some time speaking in English and sometimes speaking in Japanese. We also, you know, as you know, Ivan, since we are fighting over remote control together, we watch Japanese movies in Japanese with, if the subtitles are on, sometimes the subtitles aren't available, but the subtitles are on, uh, they're in Japanese. So we don't have English in the subtitles. And again, we can understand probably, you know, with, with most movies that are of a fairly lighthearted nature, so not too difficult, um, conversation, I would say I understand probably 50 to 60% and the rest you can get based on content. I, I understand the movies enough to enjoy them, even if I don't understand every word. Listen to some podcasts, listen to some YouTube. Yeah. So Japanese is a daily, my, it's, it's a, a daily, daily. thing. I, I, I do it every day and I probably spend a minimum of three hours a day sometimes more mm -hmm. doing Japanese. And I, I sometimes try to think of things in Japanese. Like if I want to say a sentence, I think, oh, how would I say that in Japanese? Just throughout the day, I, I, my, my brain switches between English and Japanese fairly easily now. And if you speak Japanese, you'll kind of understand what I mean. Japanese syntax is completely opposite of English. For Spanish, the syntax is pretty similar to English. So when you say like, you know, the, the cat is running across the street, you're kind of substituting the words, but keeping the order the same. In Japanese, you have to completely change the order of the words and you almost have to change, you know, you have to think about the concept of what you want to say and build the new sentence. And in Spanish, to speak Spanish well, you have to do that too, but it's very tempting to just substitute words. So at some point after I was learning Japanese for a while and I wasn't really reviewing my Spanish, I think it was last year. I think it was last year before we went back um, to visit your family in Colombia. I said, oh, I don't really remember my Spanish. I haven't been practicing my Spanish. And you, Ivan, said, Oh no, that's not a, that's not a worry. I speak however many languages you speak. And, you know, once you learn one, it's there and you'll be able to access it. It's in a different part of your brain. You'll be able to access it. And I didn't really put any effort into maintaining my Spanish. I, I, I trusted that. And then we got to Colombia and I was, 
saying like, Kono, Kono Mesa, wa. Like this table, like this in Japanese, table in Spanish, Japanese particle. Like I was, I was just substituting random Spanish words into a Japanese syntax without, like when I wasn't thinking hard about it. And I would have to concentrate so hard to access whatever part of my brain that the Spanish was in. And I would have to spend a lot of time thinking. I think I, I speak a little bit slowly to begin with. And I spend a lot of time thinking about what I want to say, even when I speak English. And so that same thing happens when I speak another language, but even slower. And for example, Ivan's mom speaks very quickly and just immediately assumes I don't understand anything if I, if I pause five seconds to think about something. It was hard. It's still very hard for me to switch back and forth between Spanish and Japanese. I have to completely turn my brain into, in, I can flip between English and, and Japanese, but if I try to flip English to Japanese to Spanish, that is difficult. I was in a, a few situations, I've been in a few situations here in Tokyo where I was able to kind of translate for someone. I heard someone, you know, asking a question in Spanish and I was able to help them, but it took like all my effort to, to do so, and even for basic things. So what I've started to do now is spend at least half an hour a day reviewing Spanish. So I do 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the evening. And sometimes, um, and I do it on Duolingo because Duolingo, what I need is something fun that I'll do and that will kind of just access that Spanish part of my brain because I have pretty good, I have pretty good Spanish vocabulary. I know what a lot of words mean. And, you know, now that I'm reviewing them more, some of the more esoteric words are coming back to me quicker now. I don't have very good grammar. Like my conjugation in Spanish is, is it never was good. And it especially isn't good now, but it's getting better. The review is helping, but my, just my rate of accessing it is is very slow and so i just need exposure to the language that will be entertaining for me i occasionally watch a show like on netflix or whatever in spanish i listen to you know there's there's spanish podcast but i'm just trying to get some exposure to spanish now i would recommend that if you are trying to learn two languages and you're not completely solid in one and you're learning another to make sure that you access both languages regularly. Thank you, Chloe, for, for that. Let's move on to the next question. How do you think languages influence personality? I do think the same person, when they speak a different language, it changes your personality a little bit. Japanese is a very polite language, in my opinion. Coming from an English-speaking background where English is not a polite language, people from England, people from Australia, people from America, Everyone I know who speaks English swears a fair amount. And I know that there's swear words in Japanese, but it's just a more polite language. Yeah, I, th I feel more polite and calm when I speak Japanese. I'll say but I, I think that's also one of the problems with Japanese, that, that because people are always so polite, you, you don't really know what they are thinking. Right, right. Really, right? But so you can like, do that in English like, too, yeah, right? Yeah. You can do that in English. So it's it kind of goes along with the culture of... People don't tell you what they're thinking. You, you learn that. And it's, it's definitely, there's, it's a more ambiguous language. It's, there's more oh, yeah. unclear speech. And 
you know, like if, if you go into, I'm, I'm talking about in a, in a restaurant, someone will, you'll go to a restaurant and they'll say, we're full or we don't think that there's seats. And they mean you're not getting a seat. Or if you ask a favor of someone and they say, oh, it's a little bit difficult, you know, you know, in, in English, if someone said, oh, it's going to be a little bit difficult, you'd be like, okay, well, you know, what can we do to sweeten the deal and, and make it possible? In Japanese, they're telling you no. They're not going to tell you, no, I'm not doing that. They're going to say, oh, that's going to be a little bit difficult. And when you hear that, it, it's no, just you're done. You're, it's not going to happen. So it's kind of funny. You know, someone who doesn't speak any Japanese will ask me, oh, what did they say? And if I translate as, oh, it's a little bit difficult, they'll be like, oh, what, you know, let's try harder. No, I, I, they're saying no. So sometimes you, the, the translation is, is um, a, little bit, a little bit difficult to get. It's really fun to watch. Um, I, I said before that when I watch Japanese shows, it's all Japanese, all Japanese subtitles. There's a lot of shows on Netflix that are American shows. They're only available in English and you can get the subtitles in Japanese. And it's really fun to watch them because and see the translation because there's a lot of American shows where the speech is so rude that the show Beef with Ali Wong, the language is, it's all swear words. The language is super rude. They're being super rude to each other. You know, there'll be like multiple F-bombs flying and they'll be screaming. And you'll look at the Japanese translation and it'll be like, don't say that. <laughs> it's really funny. So the, it, it is a more polite language. I, I, I feel like a nicer person when I speak Japanese than when I speak English. Spanish is, I, I hope to someday reach the level of fluency where I can kind of speak like your mom and sisters, but it's a much more like, you know, emotional, revved up language. I think there's different emotions when you speak Spanish too. Uh, I definitely think it affects the way you, you feel when you speak different languages. Yeah, definitely. It, it changes the way you, you see the world. Let me ask you something about advice, just very briefly what what advice would you give to Chloe 10 years ago if you were to be able to travel in time and give advice to Chloe as it relates to language learning? Be more consistent. So 10 years ago, I would have been a lot more consistent in my Spanish. What I did back then was when we were getting ready to go to Colombia, then I would start preparing more. And then I would say I was going to do a lot when we came home. And then I never would. So I would have been a lot more consistent because consistency is, is what matters. And you have to practice. There has to be output. And it's going to be difficult. Like, you know, the old joke is what's the easiest way to learn a language to find a partner who speaks that language. But the fact is, if you're, if you're married to someone and, they, and you have a common language, you, if you're in a relationship, you're always going to do the path of least resistance, what's easiest. And it's very easy for Ivan to speak English. It's not, I don't think it's any effort for you to speak English, right? Like, <laughs> like any more effort than anything else, right? It's very easy for you to speak English. And so it's also very easy for you to speak Spanish. 
it is not easy for you to speak Spanish with me and try to communicate on a day-to-day -day basis. We would always just be running into problems and then you would have to clarify and you would end up translating from Spanish to English. It would be more work for you. We speak English and if I want to speak Spanish, I have to seek out people who want to speak Spanish with me. And I didn't do that. I didn't or who cannot speak English. Right, who cannot speak English. Yeah. And that's difficult too, because if they can't speak any English, then it's difficult to communicate. It would be ideal to, if I had found like a meetup group where people are also learning Spanish and they want to speak Spanish, but you have to be disciplined and keep up with speaking the Spanish instead of, oh, I, we'd rather talk about something interesting that we don't have the ability to speak in, speak about in this other language. So we're just going to default. So it, it's hard. Like if you, if you, when you meet someone who you want to study with, and then you become friends, you're going to go, it's the same as being in a relationship. You're going to go down that path of least resistance. So you need to get in a situation where you're around people who can only speak the language, but that are also going to help you. So ideally, I would just go to Colombia and, and hang out with your mom and sister <laughs> without you around. And that's what we're going to do, right? So we'll, I'll, I'll learn Spanish at some point. Uh, well, Chloe, thank you for, for sharing your experiences. I think there are many other things that we can talk about language learning. But before we go, uh, let me ask you something. Is it worth learning another language and, and i ask him because many people especially younger generations currently uh, believe that oh uh, i can i can use google translate now translate they translate uh, if i talk to the phone it's going to translate and, and immediately translate what i'm saying and, uh, and therefore there is no interest in uh, learning another language uh, so what 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 is your take on that do you is it worth for you uh, and and if so why if you want to travel and you want to meet people or in your own country you want to meet people who speak another language but especially if you want to travel and be welcomed into another culture yes it's it's worth it to learn the other language because it's you, otherwise going to let's say Japan, since, since that's what we've talked about. Going to Japan and not understanding Japanese is more of like going to a museum. Like you can get a lot of appreciation out of it. You can really enjoy it. It's a, it's a very interactive museum. Everyone will be very kind to you, but you're not going to really experience the things that you would if you spoke the language. In terms of Google Translate, I mean, there are times where we've gone to a counter and started talking with people. And even when we, you know, weren't at the level that we were at now, and we had great times talking to people at a restaurant when you're all sitting around the counter. And if we were trying to communicate with them through Google Translate, they're just going to get, it's going to be, you're going to exactly. be bored yeah. and you're not going to, you're not going to engage. So it's more about engagement with someone. And think about when you're at, if you're at a coffee shop with friends and you're looking at your phone the whole time, you're not engaging with your friends. Same as if, if you're speaking through an app and even, you know, in coming years, maybe the app won't be on the phone and we'll have some sort of thing where you're just talking through it. But 
the engagement happens when you're really talking to the other person. Yeah. And I think so. Th there are so many nuances in a language that when you start really understanding, you can, for me is when I'm able to start making jokes in another language or, or uh, using, <laughs> using the, the, the double meaning. Whether they're funny words, or not. Whether they're funny <laughs> or not, right? But that is great, like, and being able to, to do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much for, for, for your time today. Thank you. And um, if anyone has any questions for Chloe, please let her know in the comments. She may be able to share additional information, additional tips about uh, the challenges or, or anything related to, to her experience uh, here in Japan, learning Japanese and, uh, and also learning Spanish, uh, living with me here every day. Uh, thank you.